Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm excited about this morning. It's a funny analogy I've got. I almost feel like I'm pregnant with a word today. <laughs> and I feel like God wants to birth something in us today, to draw something out, but usually birthing's messy. So forgive me if the message is messy today, but I believe there's power in the word this morning. I believe that the Spirit of God is here today, and that today is a good day for a miracle. Amen? Today is a good day for breakthrough. I'm, I'm trying to practice hearing more from God in the small things. There's somebody called Brother Lawrence who you might have heard of before. He was a monk many hundreds of years ago that tried to practice the presence of God, to continually be asking the Spirit of God, what are you saying right now? When he was washing up, when he was just doing the garden and stuff like that. And the amazing thing was, he was in a monastery in the middle of nowhere, but because there was something authentic about his life, people would come from everywhere to hear what this man had to say because the Spirit of God was doing something. I love this story of John today. Because he lived out an authentic Christian life. And the mad thing is, he was in the middle of nowhere. He went out into the wilderness. And I'm thinking, God, what, surely if you want to be, do something powerful, go where the people are. But God, but through his Holy Spirit, led John out into the wilderness. And guess what? Because he had an authentic Christian life, there was something real going on there. People went out of their way to him. And one thing I want to say to us today is, guys, we're not going for gold-plated in our Christian walk. This morning, I don't want gold-plated. I want pure gold. I am passionate and hungry about living an authentic Christian life. Because I look at the life I'm living, and I'm not okay with it. I feel so powerless often compared to what the standard is in the Scripture. What we've read this morning is Christianity. There is no other type of Christianity than the life that Jesus lived. And I want to my prayer is today that I would awaken a hunger in you today that there is more, there is more, there is more, there is more. So in me trying to practice the presence, I've been seeing the numbers 1111 everywhere. Whenever I check the clock, 1111, it's a joke with me and my wife. Now it's like, look, look at this, look at this. So naturally I'm thinking... What scriptures are 11.11? And one of the most famous scriptures of 11.11 is in Deuteronomy. It's about the promised land. The land you're about to enter is a good land with rains that come from heaven. So I want to tell everyone this morning, there is a promised land for you to inhabit in your life today. Never mind tomorrow. Today, in this moment right now, there is a promised land that God wants you to enter. That might be your healing that might be breakthrough in an area in your life. It might be intimacy, walking with the Lord. It could be all of those things. But what I want to awaken in you today is there is a promised land that the enemy does not want you to enter. And what we're going to be talking on today, I'm on this journey with you. I want to enter the promised land God's got for me as well and my family. And I come to you in repentance as well today that I've not been seeing it in my life. And the picture that uh, a prophet has had over this whole time of lockdown has been of a chrysalis. 
that the church and the body of Christ is in a chrysalis. And as we exit this lockdown, we'll be coming out as a butterfly, in the, walking in the power and the promises of what God's got for us. How sad would it be if you saw, coming out of a chrysalis, another caterpillar? I'm not happy coming out of this time the same as when I went in. And 11.11 in this scripture is the scripture that says, Among those born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Anyone in this room today part of the kingdom of heaven? Hallelujah. Now this isn't, about having, this isn't about being arrogant in any way. It's having a godly confidence in knowing who we are and who he is in us and in our identity, walking in the fullness that God's got for us. So my prayer is today that I'm going to awaken your hunger today. That there is more, there is more, there is more, there is more. Go tell John what you see and hear. The blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised, the lepers are cleansed, the good news is peace. This is Christianity. There is no other type of Christianity because I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm a disciple of Jesus. And at some point we've got to reconcile who is it we're following. And the word Christ means anointed one. Christians means anointed ones. I want to tell you everyone today in this room, we are anointed ones. And I am determined to enter into my promised land as a follower of Jesus so that I see the things happening in the scripture, in my life, in my family's life, and in the church's life. Anybody want to enter into this? We start today. We start today. We start today. And we start with a message that John began with, we start with a message that Jesus began with, and we start with a message that the disciples began with. Anyone have an idea what that message is? Repent. Repent, repent, repent. Now listen, whenever you hear repent, you might think about someone with a big sign, yeah, that stands in the city centre and looks quite angry. I want to tell you today that the invitation to repent is the most wonderful invitation anybody could ever give you. It is the invitation to move into humility. It is the invitation to enter into God's grace. It is the invitation to humble myself so God's grace can flow. I want to be a man who is continually, continually, continually living in repentance. And the picture I've kind of got of repentance is, a while back, my wife's over broke, and um, she always thinks I know how to fix everything, and I really don't. So I just go on YouTube and pretend that I do. And the type of hoover that we've got, it says, this is very easy to fix. You just check here, here, or here. So I checked in that bit, no, nothing. Checked in that bit, nothing. Checked in that bit, there was a blockage. Dead easy. Removed it, and the air started to whiz through again. And this is a picture that I've got of repentance, is that when there are blockages in my life, and I humble myself and I come to God, I can allow his grace to flow again. The Hebrew word for repent is shuab. It literally means to turn around. So here I'm going in my own direction here, living my life, doing what I want. And the beautiful invitation is turn around and start following Jesus, going where he is. The, uh, the Greek word for repent is metanoia. Change your mind, change your attitudes, move from unbelief to belief. You know, when Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and the disciples couldn't cast out this demon from the little boy, bear in mind Jesus had given them all authority before this and they'd gone out and seen every demon 
kicked out of every, and every sickness healed at that point, yet they couldn't do this one. And Jesus says, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation. How easy is it for me in my life that I see where I can be going on with God and something happens and it knocks me from belief to unbelief, from faith to fear. Guys, I come in repentance today because it can happen like that for me, but I'm not cool with it. So I come to you in repentance today. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better follower of Jesus. And it isn't about beating ourselves up. It's about humbling myself and saying, Holy Spirit, forgive me for where I've grieved you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. It's not about condemnation. It's listening to conviction. And I find too often, I and other people I know are convicted, but we, we dismiss it as condemnation. Oh, no, that's, that's not from God. That's not from God. Whereas the Spirit of God can convict us, not to beat us up, but to bring us back into a place where His grace can flow again. So guys, I just want to encourage everybody today, there is power in repentance. And beware anybody that ever tells you you don't need to repent. In doing that, they're robbing you of an opportunity to grow. So I just wanted you to take a moment right now, ask Holy Spirit, even as I'm talking, Spirit of God, is there anywhere that I need to repent in my life today? Is there any place in my life that I've been operating in unbelief, in fear? Is there anywhere in my life that I've had a bad attitude? Is there any area in my life that I need to get right with you? Just ask him, Holy Spirit, let me hear your voice and respond to that. It's not to beat you up, it's to enter into that place of power so his grace can flow again. So guys, I start as I mean to go on, repent, repent, repent. I come in repentance. I was a hopeless failure as a dad last night. You should have seen our house. I've got three under three. They can push every button I've got going and I don't always respond to how I want to be. So I come in repentance today. I need to be a better man. And Jesus says, if anybody would come after me, you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. I don't just want to be a believer, guys. I want to be a follower. I want to daily make that decision. I deny myself for your sake, Lord. So even as I'm talking this morning, because guys, even if, even if I stop now, just on that message of repentance, and the Spirit of God touches you and moves you back into a place of righteousness with him in that area, job done. Now, there might be nothing. I'm not saying dig something up, but it's that continual attitude where I'm asking that question. Holy Spirit, have I grieved you in any area of my life? Come have your way, Holy Spirit. So repent, repent, repent. The second message out of this, I love this. This is powerful. John, the greatest man that ever lived, had doubts. It's okay to have doubts. Now, where you go with your doubts, that's what matters. I know many people who've had doubts and have gone to the wrong sources and then you get the wrong answers. I love that as John had doubts, he sent his disciples to Jesus. In our doubts, in any area of our lives, guys, where we're seeing something that we're believing for that isn't quite manifesting as the scripture says it should do, let's go to Jesus with our doubts, with our fears, with our failures. Let's go to him. And that gives me kind of permission that actually sometimes when I have wobbles, it's okay. But I want to go to Jesus with my wobbles. But Jesus said something phenomenal about John. What I love is that Jesus didn't go, yeah, of course I'm the one, John. Of course I am. One of the things he said is, blessed is anyone that does not take offense on account of me. I think the scripture up there phrase it slightly different. 
But this thing about offense is so easy. I think it is impossible to go through this Christian life and not be disappointed at some point. To go through this Christian life and not have a failure at some point. To go through this Christian life and not take offense with God at some point. The last time I was here, I was doing an interview with Todd. Some of you might have seen it or not. But 11 years ago, my wife died at the age of 27 as I was ministering in a prison. So here I am, God. I'm working for you, Lord. I'm trying to see your kingdom come in people's lives. And my wife dies. This isn't what I feel should be happening. I'm angry, God. Now, again, it's okay to have those feelings. It's just where you go with them. And I just want to encourage everybody in, in this room today. It's through many hardships that we must go to enter the kingdom of heaven. Anyone that wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There is a real devil out there. There are real demons out there that want to stop you entering your promised land. And I want to tell you guys that whenever these things happen, pain, disappointment in our lives... Be aware of not taking offense with God. It grieves my heart. I know too many people who years and years and years ago were in a really good place with God and disappointment has taken root in their hearts. And 10, 15 years later, they're in a place that they don't want to be. I want to tell you guys, in the midst of what's going on in your lives, I don't know what's going on in anybody's life today. Blessed are you if you don't take offense because of God. In that place to say, Father, I trust you. Father, I trust you. Even though I don't understand this, I trust that you work through all things for the good of those who love you. Because guess what, guys? The word of God says everything will be tested with fire. Let everything that is shakable be shaken so that only what is unshakable will remain. One thing I know, guys, your life will be shaken. What you're building your foundations of your life upon will be tested. And my prayer is, Lord, if I've built anything in my life that is not upon you, let it come crumbling down. So my challenge to us today is what we're building our lives on. And there's no better foundation than the Word of God. I come in repentance as well today, guys. Listen, if you, if you give me, a, I can take... I'm not going to do this, but if you were to give me a credit card statement of anybody in this room, I can look at what you spent money on this month, and I can have a pretty good guess of what your values are. You know, if I look at Ian's and I think, wow, he spent £200 on clothes this month, spent £400 on food, he loves his clothes, and he loves, he loves eating out. Do you know what I mean? If I was to give you a credit card statement of how I spent my time this month, you can see what I value. <laughs> I can stand up here all I want, guys, and tell you that Jesus is the most important one in the world. But if you see that on a daily basis, I'm watching four hours a day of Netflix, you can pretty much guarantee the fact that I value entertainment. Anyone got an iPhone? You get these kind of monthly um, updates and your average time that you spend on it. Did anybody get that, the screen reports? Oh, my day's got mine this morning. What? How? I'm, I'm not cool with that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I want my life to reflect the fact that Jesus is my all in all. So I'll come in repentance with that as well, guys, today. Because the thing about when we are disappointed, we can run to false comforts. False comforts are all around us. Now, in and, in and of themselves, they're not bad things. But when they become my place of primary intimacy, wow, it then becomes an idol. 
So again, in the repentance, ask Holy Spirit, are there any false comforts in my life that I'm running to? Am I running to food? Am I running to alcohol? Am I running to entertainment? Am I running to online shopping? Again, it's not, I'm not saying these things in, the, in and of themselves are, are wicked in any way. What I'm saying is, if that is my primary place of going to, I'm not okay with that. Holy Spirit, show me and let me have the real deal in you. This next bit is one thing that really gets me going. When Jesus was asked, bear in mind, I think one thing that we don't realize with John is how vast his influence was in Israel. There's only a very small amount on him, but bear in mind there's been about three or four hundred years since there's been a prophet in Israel. Almost John was the last of the judges. Back in the day, Holy Spirit only resided in certain people. This is why it's just amazing, guys, that we are the, you know, the least in the kingdom is greater than John because we all have the manifestation of Holy Spirit living in us. But John, his voice went to the whole of Israel. Everybody listened and everybody knew that John said, I'm not the Messiah, but the Messiah is in your midst. So there was this messianic fervor that everyone's got. The Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. And Jesus could quite easily have said, John, what are you on about? You've been declaring I'm the one. What, what's your problem? But he doesn't say that. He doesn't try to justify himself. And anyone ever felt like your back's been against the wall and you've had to justify yourself? He literally says, go tell John what you see and hear. The lame walk, the blind see, the dead are raised. The lepers are cleansed. An authentic Christian life. When my wife died, um, uh, we spent four days up at the Northern General in the mortuary praying for her to be raised from the dead. I was very blessed that I had a church that supported me in that. You never know how people are going to respond when you say that's what you're going to do. But the reason why I prayed for my wife to be raised from the dead is because Jesus did it. And I follow him. And at some point, we've just got to work out who are we following. <laughs> and the whole thing about being a disciple is, when you were a disciple back in the day following a rabbi, the whole purpose was that you would become like your rabbi. I want to become like Jesus. I'm not saying I want to be Jesus. But what I want to do is I want to step into everything he's won for me. Everything he's won for me. Because this is our inheritance. This is our inheritance. And guess what? We are his inheritance. He went to the cross for us. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. He went to the grave, but the grave could not hold him down. He took back every key from the devil. And he's alive today at the right hand of the Father in glory. And guess what? He deserves a bride that is living in the fullness of what he's won for him. I want to walk in this stuff, not so I can say, hey, look, I'm seeing all these people. He's worthy of it. And it's our inheritance. It's our promised land. Everybody in this place this morning, if anybody's sick right now, I rebuke you, spirit of sickness. I command you out in Jesus' name. And I declare by his stripes, you were healed. 
Healing in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray right now that you minister healing to everybody in here. Anyone suffering with depression, I command depression to leave. Any arthritis in this room, I speak to you out in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, fill us this morning. This is our inheritance, guys. This is our inheritance. And I'm hungry to step into it. I'm not satisfied with good theology. <laughs> I want to have good theology. I want to have good doctrine. It's not enough. It's not enough. And at some point, we've got to decide, do we want to live an ordinary Christian life, or do you want to live the Jesus Christian life? And today, my repentance is, I'm not seeing this in my life. I'm not okay with a lack of power in the church today. I'm not okay with a lack of power in my life today. I'm not okay with the fact that I'm not loving Jesus with all of my heart. So primarily I want this power, the full manifestation of the power of God in me so that I can love him with all my heart and fulfill the great commandment. And then from that place, rivers of living waters to flow from me. You know, a, a real dear friend of mine lost his, his baby girl two years ago. Um, a few years ago, uh, she was only two from leukemia. And um, he stood up at the front of church on, on the day of her funeral. And he says, I don't know why this has happened. I know this isn't God's plan, but I re-sign up. I re-sign up. And I choose to step in today. I'm not going to be robbed. I'm going to choose. I'm not going to step. I'm not going to have offense. I'm going to choose to step into who God's called me to be. And he just says, in Jesus' name, I command arthritis to be healed. I command bad backs to be healed from the front. And my mate next to me had arthritis in his hand and was miraculously healed. Don't be robbed of your inheritance through disappointment, through failure, through apathy. This is our inheritance. And if, God, if we want God to birth something new in us, we need to be intimate. So often I'm like, God, I want you to birth something new in me, but I don't, you know, I want to watch TV a bit more than I spend time with you. If we want God to birth something new in us, guys, we need to be intimate with him. Let's pray for the power today to be intimate. You know, I once met a guy that said, you know what? I can pray for six hours a night and it's not enough. He wasn't boasting. He was just sharing to us, it's not enough. I'm just lost in his presence. Oh, I want that. I want to want you, Jesus, more than I want the television. I want to want you, Jesus, more than I want food. I want to want you, Jesus, more than I want the pleasures of this life. And then from that place, I want to see rivers of living waters flow. So I come in repentance. But it's repent and believe. I want to step from unbelief into belief. So what am I believing for? So yes, I'm going to spend time intimate with God so he can fill me. But I'm going to step out in belief in who the word of God says I am. See, I had a mate that used to say to me, Ronan, you're a sinner. Mate, you're a sinner. Sinners. We're all sinners, aren't we? We're all sinners. And I could see where he's coming from. But you know what? I'm not a sinner. I do sin. I'm not okay with that. But it no longer labels me. I'm a child of God who struggles with sin. I'm an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ Jesus. Some brilliant scriptures. 1 Corinthians 6.17. Whoever's united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Romans 8.11. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in me and will bring life to my mortal body. 
Colossians 1.27, Christ in me, the hope of glory. 1 John 4.17, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Last one, 1 John 4.4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If you just take those five scriptures and act in belief in them, that will radically change your life forever. I saw, I took my boys to the playground the other day and I saw a little girl, she must have only been about three in a wheelchair, pipes, tubes, so obviously her mum had just taken her out from the children's hospital for a bit. Jesus, you can heal her. Jesus, you can heal her. Oh, but it's COVID though, isn't it? Would it make her feel awkward if I went over? Yeah, it'd probably make, make her feel awkward. Uh, I, I want to tell you guys, there's always a thousand and one reasons why it's never good to go. And <laughs> you can justify whatever reason you want not to go and pray for somebody. And I fudged it. I didn't, I fudged it. And again, I come in repentance on that. Because guess what? When you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Why? The Word of God says it. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I believe. When you lay hands on the sick, it's not just you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. The moment you walk out of your door, you are united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. A great preacher called Tyrone Singh once uh, said recently, uh, everyone's familiar with the armor of God? The armor of God, yeah? He's like, how do you put on the armor of God? And he says, if you're anything like me, uh, you're just taught to recite it. Recite it every morning, put on the armor of God. And, you know, I love reciting scripture. But he says, I went out of the house and I lost every battle I went into that day. But he says, ah, actually, I've had a new revelation on the armor of God. The helmet of salvation. Who is my salvation? It's Jesus. The breastplate of righteousness. Who is my righteousness? It's Jesus. The belt of truth, who's the truth? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. That all the armor of God is doing is showing you that you are united with the Lord. So when you step out of that house today, Christ in you, the hope of glory, steps out as well. And guess what? He loses no battles. If we can just step into belief, even on those scriptures, the next time you see somebody walk past you in the street, we're going to pray for them, Jesus. And you in me are going to heal them. See, this is our responsibility. And too often I've been acting in unbelief. I've been going with my feelings. Ah, you know? And, and guess what, guys? The gospel standard is up here. I've, I'm, gonna, I'm going way over here. Are you timing this, Ian? Forgive me. Feel free to throw something at me if I go on too long. Listen, the gospel standard is up here. Yeah? That you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Truthfully, guys, my experience is below the stage. So how do we get from there to there? Well, what people attempted to was to bring the gospel standard down to my level and justify away why these things aren't happening. I'm going to keep the gospel standard where the gospel standard needs to be. And I'm going to repent and believe, repent and believe, repent and believe. If I pray for somebody today and they don't get healed, I'm going to say, Jesus, I re-sign up. I re-sign up to your word and not my experience. I re-sign up, I repent and I believe. So the next time we see somebody, we're going again. And we're going to go again, and we're going to go again, and we're going to go again, because this is my inheritance, and this is your inheritance, to see your bride walking in the fullness of what you've won for me, Jesus. Anybody hungry for this? This is our inheritance. And if I can just stir us as a body today to make us righteously indignant about the situation we're currently in, I'm not leaving this chrysalis coming out another caterpillar. 
I'm coming out a butterfly. And even if I have to repent and believe and re-sign up to the day I die, then so be it. Because there's one way. Hats over the wall. I can't go back. Where would he even go back to? Well, what happens is you pray for somebody, they don't get healed, offense and disappointment rise up in my heart and I shy away and I don't ever enter into the inheritance. There are too many Christians I know who are bored. And apathy just robs us of pressing in to what God has got for us. And that leads me to my very final point. The translation up here is slightly different. In mine it says this. Good if I could find it, eh? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, and forceful violence, violent people lay hold of it. I want to lay hold of God's promises with violence. A godly violence. You see, so often I want it to just drop into my lap. But I want to position myself so that I say, I'm entering in. You know, this is an amazing bit in the Gospel of Mark. My mate Colin was preaching it the other day where Jesus walks on water. And it says, Jesus was about to pass them by. What? Why would he walk all the way out on water and pass them by? But you know what? The cry of my heart is, Jesus, don't pass me by. Someone once asked me, they invited me to that kind of, this kind of men's meeting, and there was a few of us, and they asked us this one question, which is an interesting question, it kind of threw me, and he says, what keeps you awake at night? What keeps you awake at night? And the two guys before me said their thing, and they got to me and they said, do you know what keeps me awake at night? That I'll live my entire life on this earth, and I'll never see the things of God manifest in my life that were there for me, but I fudged it through unbelief and apathy. Now listen, guys, don't hear me wrong here. The definition of success is not necessarily seeing these things. The definition of success is being obedient to Jesus. You can be successful right now in this area just by having a yes in your spirit. Guys, sometimes all I feel like is, Jesus, I've just got a yes in my spirit. I feel so weak. I feel like such a failure. But there's a yes in my spirit. There's a yes in my spirit. The definition of success is being obedient to Jesus. Because later on in the scripture, Jesus tells a warning about a man that, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. In that day, many will say, Jesus, didn't we prophesy your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we heal the sick and, and all this? And Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you. You know, that man's ministry is better than any ministry I see in this world today, yet he doesn't enter in. So don't mishear me here, guys. The, the, this has all got to come from a place of loving, knowing, and being intimate with Jesus. That's true success. But there's a yes in my spirit today. There's a yes in my spirit today. So my challenge is for you today. Will you take hold of, in belief, the scriptures that talk about who you are in Christ? Christ in me, the hope of glory. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in me and brings life to my mortal body. I want you to feel empowered. That's all I've got to say really today. I should have worked out a better way to land it. But I just stand before you. I'm not trying to be anyone I'm not. I'm not trying to tell any glory stories. 
I'm just a man here standing in front of you saying I'm not okay with how things are and I want to walk in the fullness of what God has for me <laughs> and to invite you on that journey with me because this world's dying and it needs Jesus and he has empowered us through his Holy Spirit to come and do this thing. I'll leave you with this last one thing. One of the most incredible prophets I have the privilege of knowing had an open vision before anyone ever knew anything about a coronavirus. And she said, I had an open vision of a dragon vomiting plague upon the earth. And it kept looking over its shoulder because the biggest wave I've ever seen was about to hit it. So it tried to get the plague out quick. The wave hit the dragon, the open vision ended. No one ever, knew, this was before anyone knew anything about COVID. And she says this, the biggest move of the glory of God is about to hit the earth. And God is asking people, positioning people who have a yes in their spirit to be a part of this. I don't even know what that looks like, but he has moved my heart. And I'm just saying, Jesus, don't pass me by. If you're doing something, Jesus, I want in because it's my inheritance and it's your inheritance, Jesus. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.